It's good to see you here this Sabbath. I'm just thankful as I look around for a moment just to kind of take my own little deep breath, and it's just nice to see you here today, and I just want to extend that extra welcome to you, to each and every one, uh, thankful that you're here to worship together, one with another. There's a few things I'd like to share with you before kind of launch into a a prayer and and, and a focus on, on what we're here today for in our special worship service. But just a moment to share with you a couple of things, if I may. just want to extend that invitation once again to uh, come join us for this five-part series, this kind of group interactive Bible study opportunity, kind of looking at the stories Jesus told. There's an insert in your bulletin that lays out the schedule. It's just five parts, Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday, and then the following Friday. And uh, I just want to invite you to come. Did you know that in the Bible, depending on how you count them, some people say that it's the same parable in different counts. Some people say it's slightly different. But there's about 45, 50 different parables that Jesus told. There's a a lot. And it's a rich source for this is how Jesus often chose to teach us about the kingdom of God. And we're going to spend some time looking at those and understanding some of those and learning how to maybe interact with the parables uh, in a private way, kind of gaining some, some knowledge on how to interact with the parables. So this invitation is for you. I want to invite you to come and participate and join us and be a part of just a community moment for a couple of nights in the month of October. This is also very much designed to invite others too. It's, uh, it's an opportunity to say, hey, are you interested in spiritual things? We, we have this Bible study, and, and it's, uh, it's very gospel-oriented, very safe content, things that I think you should feel very comfortable inviting someone to. And that's what these cards here are for. There's a stack of these, a whole bunch of these in the foyer. Uh, I notice, uh, I, I just want to invite you to please walk by and grab a handful Uh, There's just no reason to leave them here in the church foyer. Uh, Grab a handful and throw them on your passenger seat. If you don't know what to do with them, just pray, Lord, if you want me to hand that to somebody or even just leave it somewhere, let me know and I'll I'll do that. But I just invite you to to try that. We are inviting the community. Uh, In fact, a, uh, a larger version of this hit mailboxes, if on schedule, yesterday. And we've been trying a little experiment with social media advertising. And so there's been some Facebook ads targeted to our area. I have no idea how they do that, but they know what they're doing. I just know it's happening. And I've already received, I think, about eight reservation requests. Just saying, hey, I'm interested. Hold a seat for me. Plenty of seats, but hold a seat for me. And so we'll have some folks from the community. And when they come, I very much would like for them to meet a nice group of our church family coming together. And so please participate in that, pray over this, even if you're unable to come, come to one, come to all, but certainly lift it up in prayer. We would like this to be a successful endeavor. We want to build some connections with folks. Uh, Later on uh, in 2019, February, we're inviting a gentleman by the name of Emmanuel Beck to come lead us in in a full series of evangelistic teachings, and maybe we'll meet some of uh, some friends we can invite. Uh, to that later meeting in this meeting. I also want to just uh, highlight this. I often forget this, so I'm, I'm trying to give it just a moment of attention, but the Member Assistance Fund. This is a fund or collection and offering that we take at the close of our communion services. We only have four communions a year. And this particular fund is designed to help members when they find themselves in a, a bit of a moment of hardship. Just uh, several weeks ago, Uh, Somebody within our church family that typically things are just fine, going well, but they had a a little cluster of a few different things happen and it created a little gap in the budget. And they just kind of came and said, hey, is is there a chance I could get just a little bit of help? Well, yes, there is because people have given offerings and we were able to give just that little bit of help. And it's a very private endeavor, but thankful for those funds. Well, the uh, member assistance funds is, is not really kind of part of our local church budget. In other words, There isn't a little bit that goes there every single Sabbath. It's pretty much funded by direct giving, mostly at the end of a communion service. And so, I just want to appeal to you to uh, consider a kind offering. Listen, we we have no expectation. No one here is obligated to give to every single need that we present to the church. Uh, There's no expectation of that at all. But 
the Lord works in our hearts in different ways. And so, for example, Sarah just mentioned Walla Walla, and there may be somebody that says, you know, that ministry really made a difference in my life. I want to give to that. And another person, it just kind of didn't connect with them at all. And uh, so we present needs to kind of say, for those of you that say, hey, the Lord, that's interesting to me. I'd like to help that. Then we ask you to follow through. But we don't expect everyone to give to every single thing uh, that we present the need for. But thank you for your kindness and your generosity. Now, before I have a devotional thought to kind of give us a certain focus in our time together, I, wanna, I just want to clarify and extend uh, clear invitations in regards to the communion service. I just want to say a welcome to each of you. And in just a moment, we're going to share in a very unique way of worshiping together. And I just want to make sure that everybody here knows that you are fully welcome to participate in the whole service and every element or not to participate. We just want you to know there's no pressure on you, but you are certainly encouraged and welcome to participate. If you're here today for the first kind of Sabbath and thought, ooh, they're doing something different. I have no idea what's going on. That's okay. We're very glad that you're here, and we would invite you to participate. You're certainly welcome to. But, but if you choose to say, I want to stay, I'm just going to observe this time. I just want to kind of watch what takes place. That makes total sense, and we, we value that. We just invite you to join us in whatever way the Lord lays upon your heart. And so here's what will happen. In, in a few moments, I'll share a devotional thought. We'll have prayer. And, uh, and when I have prayer, we'll, we'll dismiss you to enjoy the service of cleansing, sometimes known as the ordinance of humility, the idea of service, sometimes just a straight description, foot washing. And really, it's a pretty simple thing. It's just inviting you to go down the hallway to the fellowship hall, and there's three areas for men to share with men, women with women, and for married couples to participate together. And, and really, let me demystify it just a little bit. All it is is going down there and saying, hey, do you want to share this moment together with some individual? And one of the individuals will go get a little basin of, of water that will be served to you and a little towel, while the other person maybe is just sitting down and slipping off a sock and a shoe. And, and you know, it, it is an interesting thing. We're, we're following in the example of Jesus. It says when Jesus gave us this Lord's Supper, these symbols that he washed the disciples' feet and he encouraged his disciples to do this to one another. Well, as disciples of Jesus, we're just trying to follow his example really in symbol. It's really not about dirty feet. It's just about serving in the symbolic nature that Christ gave us too. And so what would happen is you'll, you'll sit down, maybe slip off a shoe and a sock and, and your, your partner will splash a little water and pat your foot with a little towel there, and it's just a moment where they have that beautiful reminder that we are called to serve, even when it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. And the person that is being served says, you know, this is a cleansing moment for me. It's a little moment where I'm being, I'm being washed, and it's a spiritual washing, and it's a, a beautiful thing. And then you just switch roles for a moment and kind of have the chance to serve and kind of switch that role. Maybe if you're comfortable, pray together. And I, I know it seems like a very uncomfortable, strange thing, but it's really pretty simple. And I promise you that if you will choose to participate, you'll kind of walk away thinking, wow, that was really a special moment. And the person that you've shared it with, it created a little bond with my brother or sister or my spouse here in the church. And so I encourage you. When we make that dismissal, um, we'll have a children's story. So moms and dads, if you're here with your children and you want to go and enjoy that moment, uh, send your kids right up here. We don't collect a call to grow offering today because of the close of service offering for member assistance. And so uh, my wife Brenda will be sharing a, a, a longer story than normal and happy to spend that time with the children. Uh, if you choose to say, you know, I'm just not going to make that choice today, please stay with us. I just invite you to stay in the sanctuary, maybe pull out your Bible, open up a psalm, or spend a little time in prayer. It will be relatively quiet in the sanctuary, and just use that as a personal time between you and the Lord. And please, stay and, and continue with us. And then we'll sing some songs together, and we'll come in, and we'll have some prayers, and we will distribute uh, the symbols of Jesus' sacrifice, a little morsel of bread, a little cup of pure wine, and, uh, and it's just, uh, we'll explain that a little more later, but it's just a moment where we can share together. And there's something that 
And the last time we had a communion that I had never shared before as a pastor, and I just kind of felt like, you know, that's something I want to share regularly. And that is this. When you see myself standing behind the communion table and, and a few elders, uh, in this case Franklin and Bogiam and some of our men and women of deacon ministry, all that you're seeing happening here is us just trying to be organized and efficient and respectful in serving you this opportunity to partake in worship and remembering of Jesus' sacrifice. The reason that is important is I just want it to be abundantly clear that nothing needs to pass through my hands in order for this to hold meaning and purpose. Does that make sense? There's nothing in me or anyone else that's serving, that's kind of conferring some special status on the symbol in order for it to be beneficial to you. All that you see happening here is just some men and women saying, we just, we just want to be respectful and organized in how we serve the church. And I just thought that's, a, that's an important thing to remember. What we do here today is not a work required to earn salvation. This is simply a worship to celebrate and receive the blessing of salvation. Well, with that, let me pray with you, and then I have a, a short little devotional thought. Our Father in heaven, thank you for each and every person here today. And above that, Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, I believe with all my heart that from Sabbath to Sabbath, including this Sabbath, that no one's here by mistake. That you bring people here because you have a blessing, you have a purpose, you have a reason. And Lord, maybe that reason has already been accomplished in some little conversation in a Sabbath school or in a hallway, but, but maybe it's yet in front of us. Or maybe you have more than one blessing for us. And that's what we're praying, Lord, that in this worship service, that you would just come through the power of your spirit and what you have for each one of us individually that you would open our hearts to receive it and that we would leave this place knowing that's what you had for me today lord thank you so lord to that end we pray for your spirit and for myself and all of us who are serving today lord that your great love would come through in your name we pray amen My words to, to preface our time together today are going to be rather simple. And that is simply to say this. God is the source of good. God is a giver of good gifts. As you may or may not be aware, last many months of my life, I've been pretty immersed in the book of James. And so my mind is still there, and we're lingering on one more verse. James 1.17. I want to read it in the New Living Translation just because it reads a little differently, so it helps us hear it a little differently. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or cast a shifting shadow. Our God is a good God. In this verse, it beautifully portrays Him as the creator of all the lights in the heaven. In more traditional translations, it says He is the Father of lights. But more importantly, every good thing comes from Him. And of course, as God defines good, everything that God defines as good comes from Him. And it says, every perfect and good thing comes from Him. And then there's this little language of shadow, kind of put up against the lights, just simply recurrent, I think, communicating that our God, He is steady, He is trustworthy, He is never shifting, He is always a giver of good. And of course, the highest expression of His good and perfect gifts is in the person of Jesus Christ who was good and perfect and brought us salvation. Have you ever considered that the opportunity to, to serve someone by washing their feet and to, to receive that service and to partake of the symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus, have you ever considered that this worship, this service, it's one of those good and perfect gifts that God gives? It's a gift to us. 
It is a gift. And of course, we may not do it perfectly, but that doesn't mean it's not a good and perfect gift from God. Who here likes to receive gifts? I know there's some of us that are really, really wired that way, and, and you're probably the ones that just raised your hand, but that we're really wired that a gift given in love and kindness, it just fills our hearts with joy. But even though that may not be a super strong uh, part of your personality, I think pretty much everybody appreciates a nice gift, a good gift. I, I rarely meet someone. I have met one person that says, I hate getting gifts. That's the odd person. Because most people really just, wow, it's so nice to get a gift. Well, God has a gift for us today, and it's a good gift. He's given us the gift and the opportunity. When you go down the hall and you have that privilege of splashing that bit of water on someone's foot, following in the example of Jesus and washing the disciples' feet, it's a good gift to have that moment that says, yeah, I'm humble. I have this humble moment of kindness to to serve a brother or a sister in my church family. And, and when you receive that little splash of water from someone who's willing to serve you, that's a good moment that God is giving you, a little moment of cleansing and renewal in your relationship with Him. When we come together and we, we sing some songs that focus on and uplift what Jesus has done with us, those lyrics and that music and the opportunity to participate, that's a gift God has given you. And we should receive it as such. Just saying, look what God is giving me to do today. I get to receive this gift. And, and then when we pray and we partake of, of that bread, it's a good gift to be able to, to tangibly and symbol show God that we receive you, Jesus. We take in the bread of life symbolically. That's a good thing that God has given us the opportunity to do. And, and when we take that, that little drink of, of, of pure wine, it, it is a gift to be able to demonstrate our desire to yet again receive that life-giving blood given by Jesus, often referred to as the living water. That we can take that in and tangibly express to God our willingness and our desire to receive. Today is a gift from our Father. And his gifts are always good gifts. And so I want to encourage you today as you participate in whatever way that you choose to keep that frame of reference in your mind. That what we're doing is we're receiving a gift. Have you ever given a gift and the person that you gave it to just really showed their appreciation? Doesn't that bless your heart? Have you ever given a gift that was kind of taken nonchalantly with no real response of gratitude? Doesn't that kind of hurt your heart? We have the opportunity today to please the heart of God by receiving the gift, the gift of worshiping in this way, receiving it with joy, with gratitude, and to bless the heart of God. And so I'm going to pray at this moment, and after prayer, it will be just the opportunity to quietly kind of get up and make your way down to the fellowship hall or, or remain and the children please come forward and, and enjoy this time of, of story let's pray our father in heaven thank you for the gift ultimately lord just thank you for the gift of jesus that gives meaning and purpose to this worship to these these symbols that we engage according to your request and just thank you lord and help us to receive it in a way that honors you. You're our Father. You give us good gifts. And we appreciate it. In your name we pray. Amen.
and it carries um, the coal. Sometimes it carries the water, actually, if they, if they don't have a lot of water. And then the next cars, you know, sometimes they're a passenger train or a freight train. Today's, it's, let's just talk, say it's a freight train. So maybe there's a few pieces. Thank you. Yeah, I only have one more track. And then maybe this one's carrying some liquid. We'll put that there. Okay. And what's the name of the last car? A caboose. That's the most famous one, isn't it? And typically they're red, right? So we're going to put this one at the very end. And now all together, this is called a steam train. Now, nowadays, actually, trains are pulled by like diesel or electricity. But many, many years ago, this was the popular train, the steam train. There's nothing else in the bag. <laughs> okay, so long, long ago, on a specific day, the train started pulling out of the station. Now, the guy in the very back in the caboose, he was brake man. He's the brake man, right? And he's looking out his window as they're going along, and he sees some fluttering out of the window. What do you think it is? It's a bird, yeah. It's a red-breasted robin. Oh my goodness, it's just going, 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 going. And as the train's going faster, this little bird is trying to keep up. And he thinks, I think this bird's following us. And as it's going faster and faster, that bird's keeping up. And actually, once in a while, it looked like it was trying to get underneath the train. He thought, that's weird. But they kept going and going and going. And now this train, right, it's got a long ways to go. And so it's going fast, fast. Guess what? That little bird finally just couldn't keep up. So it found a tree and it sat on, perched on the branch and he watched the train go by, disappear. Well, that brakeman thought, well, that was weird. So at the next station, he got out and he's looking around. He's looking on the sides. There's nothing wrong with the caboose. He's looking at the back. And then he looks underneath the caboose. And what do you think he found? A birdie nest, that's right, with three pale blue tiny little eggs. Oh, the brakeman realized that was a mommy bird, and she was so scared that her baby, her baby eggs were being taken away. That's why she was going so fast. That brakeman thought, oh no. And being the kind-hearted man that he was, he got out and he walked up to the engine, and he found the engineer. And and push the train. Oh, well, at this point, he didn't push it yet. And the engineer was also a kind man. And he said, oh, let me see. So he went back. They both looked. And the engineer said, what are we going to do? Okay, I'm going to stay at the station as long as we can. Maybe Mama Bird will show up. But if she doesn't, we have to keep on schedule. I'll go really carefully out the station, right? because I'll put on the gas real slow, and then as we get into other stations, I'll put on the brakes really gentle, and hopefully those eggs stay in the nest. Okay, so they took off carefully. Mommy never showed up. So they had to take off very carefully, and then when they got to the next station, slowly stopped. That engineer ran back with the brake man. They looked underneath, and how many eggs do you think are in the nest? One, two, three. There are three. They're all still there. Woo! Okay. So then they kept on going, right? Next station, slowly pulling out, slowly arriving, mile after mile, station after station. The baby birds were still, well, the eggs were still there. Okay. Well, as they got to the end, they turned around and they started heading back home. And every time they kept checking. Well, eventually they made it back home. And the first thing that that uh, engineer did was jump out and as the brakeman and the engineer were looking they're going to count the eggs and mama bird fluttered in Whoa. she quickly landed on her nest oh they got all back together oh that was such a good story but it doesn't end there the the engineer said well we got to do something about this so he went and he talked to the station master and he told the station master about the nest. And so he started looking at it and thought, whoa. Well, news really traveled fast. And now boys and girls from the town wanted to see this nest and their mommies and daddies. And you know, when a lot of people come together, do you know who shows up? Reporters. They showed up. They wanted to know what's going on. Well, they showed up with their cameras and they're taking notes. 
and they printed the story in the newspaper the following morning. Well, that night, the station master goes to bed and he thought, listen, this train's got to go out tomorrow morning. It's got to keep on schedule. But we can't, well, what about the birdies? What's going to happen, the eggs? And he thought, oh, we got to do something about it. So the next morning, this is his plan. He says, guys, we need to disconnect the caboose and shunt it over to another line. And then, because every steam train needs a caboose, we're going to have to find another caboose somewhere else and bring it in. Well, to do all this, he needs permission from the head office. So he gets his courage up, and he calls the head office. And the head office answers, Hello? Um, I have a story I want to tell you. And so the station master tells him about the nest. And the head office says, Guess what? I read the story in the newspaper this morning. I knew all about it. And guess what? That uh, head office was a kind man. And he said, I agree. We have to do something about this. And so he says, under, under my command, this caboose is not to be touched. I agree. We go get us another caboose. No one's going to touch this one, especially you or you or you. <laughs> and then we're going to leave these birdies, to, I mean these eggs, to hatch. And so nobody touched it. And for days, everyone was checking. And finally, those birdies pecked their way out of their uh, shell and were born. And then another call came in from the head office. And he says, I give another command. That caboose should not be moved until those birdies learn to fly and fly out of the nest. And sure enough, those birdies stayed. and Or the caboose stayed until all the birdies learned to fly. And then... Mama bird could fly and make a nest somewhere else. Boys and girls, this was a happy ending because four very kind people wanted to take care of a birdie, right? Now, I don't know if those four men were Christian. I don't know if they believed in God. But I do know that they were very Christ-like because the Bible says that even God cares about a little bird and its need. And these men took care of this little birdie. So boys and girls, I would encourage you to be kind today and see if you can help somebody, a person or an animal, as they make it through. Thank you so much for listening. You can go back to your seats. when we can come together for communion and serve each other, have a little prayer, and then in a moment we're going to um, partake of some symbols, and that's special. And it's also special when we get an opportunity to raise our voices to heaven together and praise our Father and all the things that Christ did for us. So let's sing together this morning. Crucified, and as his life was dead. 
death is in the cross there's nothing more i want than just to know his love my heart is set on christ and i will count all else as lost the greatest of my crowns means nothing to me now for i counted up the cost and all my wealth is in the cross. I will not boast in riches. I have no pride in gold. But I will boast in to know his love my heart is set on Christ and I will count all else his loss the greatest of my crowns means nothing to me now for I counted up the cost and all my wealth is in the cross and all my wealth is in the cross crowns before the Lord. Let this be my confession. My wealth is in the cross. My wealth is in the cross. There's nothing more I want than just to know His love. My heart is and I will count all else as lost. The greatest of my crowns means nothing to me now. Right counted up the cost, and all my wealth is in the cross. There's nothing more I want than just to know His love. My heart is set on Christ, and I will count all else as lost. The greatest of my crowns. I counted up the cost, and all my wealth is in the cross. And all my wealth is in the cross. Yes, all my wealth is in the invite you to stand with us this morning or this afternoon as we sing and worship together. Sing this beautiful song of Calvary. The Savior alone carried the cross for all of my death. He paid the cost. Salvation complete. Now forever I'm free, Calvary covers it
Father in heaven, Lord, as we've come back together to worship in this way, we just continue to just respectfully seek your blessing and your ability given to us, Lord, to really receive spiritual things. In your name we pray, amen. In the book of John, in chapter 6, we have a, a moment where Jesus is having a conversation with some of his closest followers. I just want to read a little portion of that conversation, John 6, 32. Jesus then said to them, Truly I say to you, it is not Moses who's given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they, his close followers, said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. In a few moments, we'll partake of a symbol. Jesus, the bread of life. And he has promised that when we receive it, our spiritual hunger is satisfied. Today, uh, we honored to serve with this group who are here to serve the church and have asked Bogiam to read a verse for you out of 1 Corinthians, and then she's going to lead us in a word of prayer. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'd like to invite the congregation to be seated, and those of us who are serving will kneel as we pray. Oh Lord, we want to remember you today in a very special way. Take us back to the time when you gathered your disciples in the upper room and when you knew that it would perhaps be the last, last supper with them, you took the bread and broke it. It is to be a symbol to remember your body that was broken, dear Lord. We remember how you died on the cross and your body was broken. You did it just to save us from our sins. We ask for forgiveness of our sins. We accept that gift, dear Lord, as we partake of this bread. This bread that will give us eternal life. We accept it with thankfulness. And we look forward to your soon coming. Help us to be ready to meet you in the clouds of heaven so that your sacrifice may not be wasted. Not only do we want to prepare, but we want to tell everyone that we come across about your sacrifice as we take this bread today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Jesus invited us to remember the Father's gift of the bread of life. 
So what we hold in our hands is one of these good and perfect gifts from God. So I invite you to receive this as a gift and take and eat. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Jesus was having another conversation. It's recorded in John 4. And he was talking with a woman who had just given him a drink of water. And Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. One of the titles or names applied to Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, is the water of life. And Jesus says those who receive that water, him, their thirst will be quenched and it will spring up in them unto eternal life. Amen. Now, we're not about to partake of a little cup of water. No, it's a very fitting symbol of pure wine to symbolize his blood. But I'm reminded, the Bible tells us again in John, that when the soldier on the cross, the soldier pierced Jesus' side while upon the cross, that water and blood flowed. The water of life was poured out for you and for me. His blood sacrifice is a gift. I've asked Franklin to read the following few verses that Bagiam read earlier, and he's going to lead us in a prayer to help us just focus our minds on this symbol, this gift that Jesus has given us. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, verses 25 and 26. And these words were inspired because Paul was not there in the upper room, but he saw what happened in that time. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Will the congregation please be seated as those who participate will kneel in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this afternoon to thank you for your blessings. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have bestowed upon us. We are thankful for you loved us so much that you were willing to die for us, to shed blood so that our sins will be forgiven. Lord, we thank you for shedding this blood that today as the pure wine represents this blood that you shed, we pray that thou would bless it and sanctify it. Thank you for that blood that washed our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. And I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Rising love. 
ask us to remember his gift, the water of life. 
Though this cup is not water, it is a symbol of his blood, which is a fitting symbol of a life poured out for you and for me. And so I invite you to receive this gift. Take and drink. Amen? Amen. Earlier in our service, we sang together a few verses of the hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. This has been an act of joyfully adoring what Jesus has done. In that song, there's a little phrase that says, The giver of immortal gladness. Be glad, church family. You've been renewed and refreshed in Jesus Christ. And God has a gladness in that for us. Yes, when we remember the cross, it is somber, it is sincere, but its reception should bring joy and gladness. Even when life is not going so well, it's an immortal gladness that lives above and beyond and forever. Uh, let's pray as we close. Our Father in heaven, Thank you. Thank you for symbols that help us connect to divine truths, divine realities. Lord, thank you that we've had the chance to serve one another, to receive cleansing, to show you our acceptance of your sacrifice yet again. Thank you for the good gift. And Lord, we pray, and I, and I trust this is true, that we've received it in a way that has honored you as the giver. And we've been able to bring a blessing to your heart, Lord. What an honor that is. Go with us now as we close our worship. Continue to journey with us, Lord. Hold us tightly in the palm of your hand and indeed give us a full measure of immortal gladness. In your name we pray.